Today's Raised Bits is sponsored by Waluigi Squeegees. Do you live in an apartment with dirty windows? Does staring at that dirt every single day feel like a Wario of attrition? Well, with Waluigi Squeegees, it is their call of duty to clean your windows. With its patented technology of Waluigi's freakishly long arms, Waluigi Squeegees can squeegee any window, no matter how high up your apartment may be. Order today with promo code BITS and get 100% off your first squeegee. Waluigi Squeegees. Wow, we eat We got some breeze bits. We got some breeze bits. They're coming in hot, so ready or not for raised bits. Mmm, bits. Waluigi. Waluigi Squeegees, welcome back to Braze Bits. Thank you for sponsoring the pod. 100% off your first squeegee. Gee whiz, Lance, you can't beat that. That sounds like it's free, but it also sounds like, I'm not calling out Waluigi Squeegees, it sounds like language where you end up having to pay something. Sounds like it, but I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't squeege too hard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, rinse out the squeegee too hard. It could be free. Never know. New York Lotto, hey, you never know. Hey, you never know. You play the Lotto, Otto, Porter Jr. College basketball. College basketball, March Madness. We're in the thick of it. We're fully submerged pocket. Yeah, we're fully submerged to Baca. How are you doing, Jesse? Lance, thank you for asking. I'm doing all right. I've got a little pimple my ride in the center of my chin. That's that's kind of rocking my equilibrium a little bit, but I'll, I'll I'll battle through it. Overall, I'm doing I'm doing not too shabby. Do you think it's big enough to turn into an exhibit, or you're just going to close it to the public? I think it, it could become an exhibit. I think it, it very much so, but. It's, it's like under the skin right now. And this is, I mean, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you'll be able to see this bad boy. It's not, it's not even a pimp yet. It's more of a, just a ride on my chin. It's, it's going for a ride. But I'm overall doing great, Lance. How are you doing? You know, Jesse, I'm glad you asked. I'm not doing too great. My equilibrium is not equal. Unbalanced? I woke up yesterday and... It was an hour later than I remembered the time. It was daylight savings time, just totally out of whack, whack Goldberg, and just couldn't get the day started on the right foot. And as an adult, I realized if you can't get the day started on the right foot, then it kind of just, you can stop it, obviously. But if you're just off your rhythm, then you can't dance to the enjoyment of the day. And I'm still trying to, trying to get that back. And it's one hour I'll never get back because it's one hour that they take away from you. Daylight savings. You'll get, you'll, you'll get, you'll get it back. You'll get it back when, in the fall. You'll get it back. But Lance, you got more time to catch up. The days are longer. It's the days of our lives. The, as the world turns, it's, it's, it's unbelievable outside. It's, it feels like it's midday. We're recording at midnight. It's still light outside. It's, Lance, like, it's only like 30 degrees out. I know. The, that, weather, that is, the weather said, I'm not doing this either. Floyd Mayweather, it's it got knocked out pretty pretty easy. We thought we we were coming to spring a little too early. It's it's pretty chilly outside, chilly Davis. But the fact that it's light out later, I'm ecstatic. Doesn't do it. It's not worth it for me. It's also daylight spring daylight savings time is a 23 hour day. It's the only time where your like your life gets like measurably shorter in terms of the span of a day it just it's just qab in every aspect i didn't notice it i didn't know i, I noticed now the day's long but i didn't notice losing an hour i had a I bunch of like stuff I, to do 
And I look up and it's like 7 p.m. I was like, isn't it 3 p.m.? And it's 7. And it's because of this hour plus another few hours. It's an adjustment. It's a transition. You're going to battle through it, Lance. You're, you're a fighter. I, th- I know. I, I believe in you. Did you have you adjusted all your clocks? Clock I, adjust, I adjust and beepered all my clocks. And I'll be clock. honest. I have not adjusted yet my microwave or my oven yet. I'll probably do it probably by May. I take great joy in doing it. It's the only thing I actually so like. Do. It's the only thing I like about spring daylight because it's whatever system. I don't even know who decides this. I guess the government. But it's by state because Arizona smartly doesn't participate in daylight savings. They just don't do anything. That's wacky. The subway in Astoria, um, in, off the Dittmar stop where I live, there's a big like ticker under the subway station that has the, the weather and the time. They adjusted the time on Saturday, a day before, before even daylight savings. It's like the, the guys, whoever's job is like, yeah, I'm just doing this the day before. Well, because you're and supposed we, so, to do it. You're supposed to do it at 2 a.m. That's when it switches. They, he, he did it at like 2 p.m. Saturday. Yeah, he's not going to do it at 2 a.m. No. So I think it, it, that helped me a little adjust, even made the adjustment even smoother for me. Skippy peanut butter. It was, it was jelly. No. No. Well, you got, you got, bits you got a little Chips Ahoy in your shoulder. Welcome to the Braves Bits. I do got a Chips Ahoy on my shoulder. A thousand chips delicious. I was a pretty big Chips Ahoy boy back in the day. Absolutely. Those are the go-to cooks. Dalvin Cook. Love a Chips Ahoy. Christian Cook, high school. Quinn Cook, Lakers. We're both a couple comedy cooks. We call it, we call it, we're, we're technically chefs, but we're also cooks. I'm a chef. I'm not, afra- I'm not afraid to go on the line and be a line cook. I cook, but I'm a chef. I'm not afraid to cook, but I'm a chef. We're always cooking. And we're good looking. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, Lance. Speak for yourself, Jason Whitlock. <laughs> Lock it up. Locksmith, Lady Locksmith. Jason Whitlock. What, what are, that guy's crazy. I don't, yeah. I don't like that guy. I, don't, I, um, I remember him from... Did you ever watch the Sports Reporters when you were... Yeah. I love that show. It was for... If you don't know what the show is, it was on ESPN in like, what, the early 2000s? I feel like it lasted a long time. I don't know. That's when I watched. I watched it in there. It hasn't gone on. It's. I don't think it's. It's aired for ten years, probably. Yeah, someone probably. Right, and it was four journalists from newspapers back in the day when those existed, sports reporters who talked about, I guess, just kind of larger picture issues in sports. Yeah, I don't remember what they talked about. But then, I remember being like, "Oh, that, that's that guy." I, I read his stuff. I never knew what he looked like. It was like a more. It wasn't really highlights. It was like sports issues. Stories. Yeah, I guess now that's been replaced by, I don't even know what it's been replaced, nothing, because it's like now now it's been replaced by like take culture. But that, I guess, was like a more long form version, right. more, I think, like nuanced, I guess. And then I remember at the end, remember, they all like, it was like they said their thing. Like at the end of the show, they each had like two minutes to like to a little roundup, get light to some issue that people didn't know right. about. Right, I do remember that. You, I liked, I liked Jason Whitlock on that. He was on that. You liked them. I liked him. I remember the guy Manish Mehta, who still writes for the, I think the Daily News. He covers the Jets. He's always just like slandering the Jets and getting to put like a, a face to the guy who writes is very interesting. So I remember always hating him, and then when you get to see him, it was like, oh, he's a human being. He's a guy. I, st- I still hate him, but 
it's not just a terrible idea of a thing behind the screen. It's a human being who's complex. Right. We're a couple complex cooks, chefs. Complex magazine. Complex magazine. You're a hot one. <laughs> I am a hot one. I'm <laughs> spicy. I'm spicy today. I feel like the, the sun is shining and I'm brining some pickles and some juice. I'm not brining today. I really am. I'm really like exhausted. <laughs> I don't know when I'm to drink coffee. You just can't be, you can't be jarred like that after a certain age. Jardinera, which I don't think we, we talk about Jardinera. It's a spicy Chicago topping. I'm not, it, it, it blows my mind, and it, it, but it, it's real. If you, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you can see the visual on Lance. Lance is beaten down. He's drained. <laughs> He's got no life behind those eyes. This daylight savings, I just thought it was a shtick. I thought in the fall when we lost an hour, you were, you were oh, beaming. I'm so happy. Really beaming. I thought you were just trying to needle me, but looking at you now, you're a lost soul. Yeah. And also, for the non-Patreon subscribers, we, we, Lance and I did a couple of our off menu episodes this past weekend. And you, you, we don't need to get into all the details, but you, you were even before daylight savings, you, you had a, a wacky weekend. You, you, you had, you cut your finger on a can of oh, cannellini yeah, I bean. I forgot about that. And you, and you, you drank out of Kate's mug that you didn't clean out thoroughly and it had like old cinnamon so residue. You were, uh, you were like concerned about that, but I told Kate that I was like, yeah, I didn't totally wash out your mug, and then I, I drank coffee out of, it, out of it, and it had cinnamon in it. She takes cinnamon with her coffee, and I said that you were horrified by it, but then she just like looks at me, and she's like, we're married. Right. Love is love. I guess I just don't know how that goes. But like, even even when I, I live alone, I don't, I, I like, th- I can't drink out of a glass that I don't clean out. It doesn't have any, It was like, like, I mean, it was like 80% clean. It was good. Maybe, I don't know. The coffee was done. There's just some cinnamon. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. A little bit's wrong. Nothing. Well, you, you seem to, 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 to just be, be steaming and beaming. Do you, do you, I'm afraid to ask, but do you <laughs> want to go into highlights? You know what? Since you asked nicely, I think let's go into some highlights. What a relief. <laughs> He's very <I> was, nervous. <laughs> what a relief, Goosen. I, was, I didn't want to get slam, bam, thank you, ma'am, for cutting for, the banter short for the new Brazerbacks, jesse has a habit of wanting to end the episode after 10 minutes so he, you know he really moves things pretty quickly it's a false assumption i if i if i could i would braise for for days i just want to keep the momentum moving i want to trim the fat off the, the beast it actually is a completely false assumption because it's it's just a bit that i've created right out of nowhere it's, and that's it's like the, it's how fake news gets created I'm right. creating fake news by accusing you of doing something that you don't do at all, but it's hilarious. And it works. Cause then, uh, I then in my head think like, Oh, maybe I should introduce highlights and be like, maybe I'll wait, I'll wait a couple more minutes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll do my highlight. Uh, my highlight, I guess it's, I guess it's a highlight. I did live stand-up comedy for the first time this year. Uh, first time since the summer. And it was fun to do. It was a backyard show, actually not too far from my apartment in, in Brooklyn. It was, it was interesting. I didn't, I wouldn't say I bombed, but I definitely didn't do great. I was a little bit cocky 
I just didn't write down my set list. And I was like, yeah, I remember my jokes. And I wrote a bunch of new jokes that I've been doing on Zoom shows. And I was like, yeah, I'll just say them. But I was supposed to do between 12 and 15 minutes, which is an aggressive amount. Ooh, for first time back. First time. But I didn't like reveal Parmesan. It was my first time back. Because I think some of the people, you know, have been doing it throughout this time. But it was a struggle. It was like one of those, it was a Brooklyn, you know, in their 20s crowd who are tough to begin with. They're all wearing masks. So it's uh 15 maybe um maybe 20 probably 15 between 15 and 20 and i kind of ran out of jokes i did them all and then i just my nightmare i just sat there and did crowd work for the last few minutes and it was okay i survived i but i realized like there was stuff I i was up there i mean it's like have you ever not done your job for a year and then tried to do it that's what it that's what it no, is. No. It, and um, it's, it's crazy. I knew what I was supposed to do, but I just couldn't fully execute it. I fully resonate with that. And that's my nightmare. Even, even when we were doing stand up consistently, is running out of material. Getting back thrown into the fire to do 15 minutes is that's tough. That's, I could have been, especially people outdoors, people wearing masks. I could have been more prepared than I was in terms of like, if I actually wrote down everything, then I would have been able to refer because I realized after I, there was some stuff I missed and I skipped over because I like, I had my order planned and then the first joke like was okay. And then the next joke was like decent and the next joke was not good. So I was like, I got to get them. So I just switched up yeah. my order on the fly, which I often do, but because I'm just so unused to it, I couldn't, couldn't fully adjust. I wasn't, I was dipped in, but mentally not submerged. That's interesting. Did you have the feeling? Because I've run out of material many times when I was like doing a longer set and you still have like five minutes left and you're out of jokes. And I've had that feeling like, oh, I got to do crowd work or something. Did you have the feeling at all that you were just going to stop and get off stage and be like, all right, that's that's all I got? I kind of referenced it was also a situation where the host was not like around so the, the show was outside. Oh, but the God. host and everything was inside. So I was like, oh, I know God. that they're not going to really know what the deal is. And they might be listening, but they might not. So I just kind of mentioned it like a few different times. And I was like, this <laughs> yes. guy's hanging me out to drive, you know? Um, yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't off. Like it, I think if I wasn't as experienced as I was, like if this was even two or three years ago, it would have been a total nightmare. But I, yeah. I was able to tread water. Yeah. I mean, that's what stand-up is. You got to be thrown into the fire to figure out, you know, how to get better. I'm hoping, I'm hoping before my, my first time back at it, I'll do some mics or, because I, I, I can't imagine doing 15 minutes out of the gate. Antonio 15 minutes was aggressive. I mean, I think eight, if it was eight minutes, I think that actually would have been a decent set. It would have been, it would have been okay. I would have been able to structure it better than I did. Yeah. But it's also like, you can't see people's faces because pretty much everyone was wearing There's like one guy who wasn't wearing a mask. It was outside, but um, pretty much everyone was wearing a mask. So it's also like tough to really gauge anything. I mean, you could hear, you know, people, you'd hear when people laughed, but. Sure. Yeah. It's It's, it's a rough one. I'm going to need some mask bits. I got to start writing mask bits. Lindy Ruff. Philly Ruff. Hockey coach. Nice. Good for you. Getting, getting back at it. You're back yeah. in the game. And it was one of those things where, cause it's like, I, mean, I think everyone who's 
done this in some capacity has had the thought of like, okay, this is basically a year off. Not everyone has had a year off. This is one thing that I tried that I think is funny, but I kind of stumbled on the delivery. I was like, I haven't done that much stand-up during this. A lot of my friends are doing park shows and they're like, you got to try these park shows. Have you, you got to try one. And I'm like, you got to try looking inward. <laughs> <laughs> Taking care of yourself. <laughs> that's funny. I yeah. like that. I, I don't have the exact delivery down, but that was, that delivery was pretty funny. It was okay. You got to look you're inward. Giving me, you're giving me a good, uh, you're telling me to go outside. You should go inside of yourself. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like, have you tried these? Yeah, it's like maybe people are saying like, have you tried these park shows? And I'm like, have you tried working on yourself? <laughs> maybe that's like something like that. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Did you have the bug afterwards to be like, oh, so, it's like a yeah. rough set, but now I can't wait to get better. And that's what I was going to say. Like during this, the whole, certainly crossed my mind, like stand up the lifestyle is, you know, you're out every night and being home every night. It's kind of nice. And I think most comics would lie if they had not thought about, oh, like what would it be like if I didn't do this, at least in the frequency that I did. But then when you're on stage, it's like mentally for me, it's like, I got to, like now I'm not happy with how I did and I need to do better. You don't want the last time. memory. You, you, you want a new memory of doing well. Yeah. Better, better I, I think it's like the ultimate thing. It's actually one of the reasons why I, I like like learning French or and I think stand up is like the ultimate, like you just like figuring out how to get better is such yeah. an enjoyable process. And then when you do well, it's, it's like the best high. And it's tangible. You can like literally feel and see how, when you do, you do well. And it's so fun. Like I didn't even, you know, I didn't, I'd, I'd give myself like a five out of 10 and still that is, is fun. It's great. Yeah. But I, I feel the same way. Just, it feels like starting stand up or going back to start doing shows is like an overwhelming thought of like the, the hustle and playing the game and trying to get booked. But I feel like once you get back into it, it'll, it'll be exciting. But like right now, it feels like, oh my God, it's like an up, it's an uphill battle of like, got to restart the engine. You got to brush, get the dust off. And a lot of people don't realize like we're at the level where we kind of had our situation established in the sense that we were consistently getting shows. And like, I wouldn't say that either of us had any problems like getting booked, but we were, we were getting booked on shows. We had a steady diet of shows and probably more coming as we kept going, but we're not at the level where it's like, all we have to do is exist and people are going to bug us. Right. Right. If we both stopped, I don't think people would be knocking down our doors. Uh, people would be knocking down your door. Knocking on heaven's door. I don't know about that. On my door, they'd be like, that guy. That guy's got a good to, lock. That guy needs to get some sleep. <laughs> Daylight savings time. Did you whip out the... Uh... Uh, Tostito? Tostino? Nah, Totino's retired, rolls? God, No! You can't. I mean, what do you do? I've, a done, I've, I've done it literally. I think since I think I came up with that joke the first year doing comedy. Those are the, some I'm of the done, best jokes. I'm done with it. That I is my nightmare. Did, I only did no. two. I want to do all new stuff. Like I want to do all new stuff. So I did mostly stuff that I came up with during this. I did my Amazon joke that I have about like the Alexa. I don't know if you know that one. Probably do. I don't. It doesn't. Oh yeah, yeah I know. I know that bit. And. Um, I did one about like I've changed. I built on it a little bit, but getting married. 
My and I forgot. Here. I forgot to do. I think I talked about on the Patreon episode, maybe the Patreon episode, but the joke about the Jewish weddings and super spreaders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot to do it. That was bad. That's what doing. Get yeah. back into it. I always forget. I always forget at least to do one new bit. But yeah. my nightmare, because I don't think I have enough. If someone said do fifteen minutes, I don't have enough new material from the like from the past year to do fifteen minutes. No. My nightmare is like doing jokes from pre-pandemic and the comics in the back being like, "Oh my god, he's still doing." This is these hot bit jokes. So the the comics that I've seen, I'm actually shocked at how many people are still doing jokes. Because there's some people I've seen. I don't. It doesn't matter, but I don't even say names. But I know like there's someone on the show who I know is been doing it, and there's bits that I've heard from last year, yeah. and another show I just went to and watched. Same thing. So I think a lot of people are, are doing that. People people want to do well. People yeah. like, people want to do well in in that set specific. So you you got to do jokes you know are gonna kill. And people want a well so they could have fresh water. Wells Fargo. People want a bank. People want a stimulus. People want to be stimulated. That's true. So Jesse, you got any highlights? I got a, I got a couple of highlights, Lance. We went over. I don't need to go back into it. But daylight savings. What a highlight. I mean, sun is shining. I, I absolutely love it. I don't want to rub it in too much, but it's a dry rub. It's a dry and wet rub. I oh, feel like man. I'm fully submerged in the sauce and the spice. But I'll, I'll, I don't have to harp on that too much. I'd like playing the harp. There's also a cool bar in the harp at my school. But speaking of schools, my other highlight has to deal with your school alma mater, Georgetown, making a nice little run. This is going to come out on Friday, but we're recording this early in the week. Georgetown making the uh, March Madness tournament. They won the Big East. Is that right? Yeah. They won the Big yep. East tournament. But also just... I'm a, I'm a big Knicks fan. I'm a big Patrick Ewing guy. I love seeing him succeed. He had a great rant uh, earlier last week about how he was getting stopped entering Madison Square Garden. And it was like, how do you not know who I am? My, his jersey's retired in the rafters. Uh, they shouldn't be able, they shouldn't stop me. They shouldn't know, they should know who I am. He was calling out James Dolan, the owner of the Knicks, which I love when people call him out. <laughs> I love when people trash him. And just, I'm happy for Patrick Ewing. I feel like uh, he's been in the coaching game for a long time. He was an assistant coach in the NBA for a long yeah. time. Never got a shot at being a head coach. Um, and he's been at Georgetown for a few years now. And this is like the first successful season. It makes me very happy for him. Yeah, I actually, I watched the the final game. Creighton game? Yeah, and they were like, I this is the first game I've watched this season. But they were like really good. So... I was surprised they were supposed to finish last in the big East. Uh, one of their best players transferred. Mac and, McClung. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I don't know. They were like clearly miles better than Creighton. So miles Teller. And they were also in that game versus Creighton. They were eight point underdogs. Yeah. They, they blow them out. They, it wasn't even close. I mean, it was like, it was one of those games where you watch and you're like, one of these teams is clearly way better. Right. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting. I don't. I, call, I, I will. We'll talk. Well, actually, we'll we'll talk about it in a, in a little bit. Braze bit. In a, in a braze bit, but I don't even know what I was going to say. Oh yeah, like it, it's cool. I don't know. For me, it's like you know how I am about sports. I, I don't. I'm. I'm, I'm actually. I'm happy for Patrick Ewing above all. I think. It's Were you? Good. I didn't realize he was the coach for so long. To be honest, I thought in my mind he got hired like two years ago. How long has it been? Like five Four. years? Four. Okay. And yeah, they've gone. I mean, historically, Georgetown's obviously 
historically a very strong program, I guess, you know, with John Thompson and a lot of NBA players in the eighties and nineties. When yeah, I went, long drought. I went the year after or two years they had like in the mid two thousands, they had some good years mm-hmm. and I went the Jeff year. Green. Yeah. Roy Hibbert. Hib. Um, I went the year after they left or, or Roy Hibbert left. And I think the year, the year before I went was when Steph Curry like had his tournament and one of the teams mm-hmm. he upset was Georgetown. Since then, they haven't really been that good. There was a year when they were two seed but lost to Florida. What was that Florida team? You know, they were like Duncan and stuff. Joachim Noah and no, 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 not Florida. Like it was, they were 15 seed, Florida Gulf Coast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they, they were, were two seed and lost to Florida Gulf Coast. And since then, like I think haven't made the tournament for like a few years. Right. Um, so the, uh, you know, it's the program, I guess, isn't as strong as it had been. And yeah. it's interesting to see if uh, if Ewing could could kind of revitalize that. Grab a Snickers. You're acting like Patrick Ewing. Yeah. I feel like I feel like a lot of people thought he was like like a symbolic hire. Like they were in such a bad place that they might as well go with Patrick Ewing. But I'm, it makes me happy that he's succeeding and kind of proving the doubters wrong. Yeah, well, he, I mean, yeah, as you said, like he was, it seemed like he was going to be a head coach in the NBA and just never, never I got think it. And he just has a bad rep for not being a great communicator, but I think he's a great motivator. He's, 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 there's some great clips of him like yelling at players in the bench. He's like very passionate. He obviously knows basketball, but he's not like a, a charismatic Rick Patino kind of guy. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Oh, I, I also, this was just, meal prep can we can we can we start over can we redo our highlights i got i got meal prep don't go back into our highlights okay i listened to some taylor swift okay i listened to some t swift <laughs> he sent me an article from the new york times great article about taylor swift i i went in with an open eyes full heart not for me lance i think i think i, I just got into her too late i think she's so famous i listened to the the folklore album, I think, is that the not yeah yeah the one you the one you suggested, and it just I just I don't I I think her personality rubs me the wrong way. She seems like, kind of like a knockoff Maggie Rogers, even though Maggie Rogers like started after Taylor Swift. I don't know who Maggie Rogers is. I I could definitely see it being good, but the fact that I had, she's so famous now, if I got into her before she she blew up, I would I would like it. But that that, that was it. <laughs> all right stroll miles swift swiffer picker upper let's a little yeah. dust on the floor yeah well but I, I think i think you not liking taylor swift is madness <laughs> i mean it's it's perfect because we're in march and i'm i madness is the theme of the entire month so you might as well bring it into our top nine i think that's a great idea I think for this week, we should do our top nine things about March Madness. Lance, I'm on the same page, Wilcox. Let's do it. Top Let's nine it. things about March Madness. The NCAA basketball tournament is starting. We decided we were going to do our top nine things about March Madness just now. That's convenient because right before the episode, I actually wrote down my top nine things about March Madness. Huge. Just randomly. <laughs> just randomly. And... A little bit of background, this used to be like the highlight of my year. I used to love college basketball. I watched college basketball all the time. This is really middle school and high school. 
huge, huge, huge college basketball fan. Honestly, once I got to college, I stopped caring. It's interesting. I started going to the games. And in George, I think I've said this before on the pod, but in Georgetown, they play at the, it was called the Verizon Center, but I think it's something else now. It's like the arena in DC where the Wizards and the Capitals play. And it's on the other side of the city. Transportation is very tough. It's like, it takes like an hour to get there. And, and it's like an arena, you know, it's a big arena. It's not really like a college arena. It's a pro sports arena. Everyone there, all the, all like the student fans, you know, tried to do like the we're crazy intense fans, but it was clear that nobody, when you're sitting in the student section, it was clear that the people who were really intense often had knew nothing about basketball. They just wanted to express. They just wanted to be a part of a thing. That's fair. This is what large groups are, but I didn't totally know this. And I think this is almost certainly the case at any, any school, especially schools where this like, you know, these like a Duke where it's like smart kids who probably don't, not to say if you're smart, you don't know about basketball, but I imagine they're not, like, they're not jocks. Really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I imagine if you go to, I don't know, like an Ohio state or something, there's more of a chance that the fans will know more. Right. That might be, that might did, be. Did Georgetown basketball have anything to do with your decision to go there? No, not really. I guess so. It wasn't, didn't hurt, but Yeah. It wasn't like, gotcha. it wasn't like the factor, but yeah, I started going to the games and I was like, this is terrible. So basically by senior year, I stopped going and not that I stopped caring about college basketball, but I definitely cared way less. And over the years, I've just kind of cut it out of my sports consumption diet. Interesting. But I still think the NCAA tournament is maybe the coolest, most unique sports event around. I agree. A lot of madness. I'm very happy that it's happening this year. I feel bad for the seniors last year yeah. who weren't able to, play because of covid so let's get into it to our top nine things about march madness all right so my number nine is filling out the bracket if you enter a march madness pool which i'm sure we'll talk about you have a bracket you fill it out you try to pick the teams and this is a process that i used to spend actually probably two or three days researching i would like watch all the things i would kind of base it on my own stuff it was like it was really like a thing i really went all out on over the past few years it's gotten less and less to the point where i did it this morning and it took me probably three minutes sure and i went from knowing stuff like knowing everything about all these places to knowing a little bit to knowing what it is now some of the coaches and <laughs> just basically going on vibes and energy yeah absolutely which is is, it works sometimes i always thought my dad was like he would always like brag about this he'd be like i don't know any of the players i just go by the coaches it's like you can't bet against Izzo. you can't (laughs) bet against kalapari and i always thought that was like silly but as you get older now i realize he's not always right but it's not a it's not the worst thing to base these picks on yeah, I mean the coaches are the most consistent thing, especially with the yeah. one and dones that got in college. Yeah, the coaches are the most important factor. Yeah, and I also like seeing like filling out the bracket. And this year, it's like a lot of the schools that are usually in it. Like Duke isn't in it for the first time in forever. Kentucky isn't yeah. in it. I saw like Michigan State. I assume they were really good. They're like barely in it. Hmm. Um, so I like sometimes seeing like I didn't know Baylor was good. They're like one of the best teams. Yeah. Um. 
I saw like St. Bonaventure is in the like, oh, St. Bonaventure's in it. So it's like it's funny to see the teams that are that oh it was like that team's in it. Absolutely. Win- Winthrop, which has historically been one of my favorite upset picks. They're in it. It's always a good pick, Winthrop. Yeah. St. Mary's always in it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's number nine. My number eight is I so I enter this pool. My brother and friend, the Plum, have been running this pool for March Madness pool for eight. This is the eighteenth year. Impressive. So since we were in, since I was in middle school, and it's over the years has gotten larger and larger. And that's kind of the only thing I do in terms of like entering March Madness, but it's grown a lot. And I always like to look at whenever after I've made my picks and everything's all published and the tournament starts, I like to look at everyone else's bracket and be wow, like, that's a good one. Oh, who'd they pick to win? Oh, they picked that upset. That's so stupid. Why'd they pick that? And then as it progresses, and if you still have a chance to do well, you're like, Oh, well, this person has Gonzaga beating Michigan. So I need Gonzaga to lose to Michigan and this to happen. And it becomes this whole like math operation. That's a great one. Didn't even think about that. The day, like all the lot, the brackets are locked in and you get to click on everyone else's picks. Exactly. See, compare. That's a great one. So it's like, it's like when everyone's like tests are like, like pencils down, you got to show everyone your answers. It's Seidel showing his cards. Showing the cards, flipping them over, shove all in. It's a great one. I forgot about that. Yeah. And a lot of times like ESPN, I know usually has like a column where it's like the winner, like the team, each entry pick to win. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, see how many that. people chose the same winner. My strategy in the pool I joined because there's a lot of people. I'll generally pick, I won't pick the favorite because there's too many people who pick that team. And I figure right. I basically need a perfect bracket in order to win. So I'll pick right. like a, uh, maybe like a two seed usually to win. Right. I'm usually the same boat. I usually even go for like a more underdog just so like if that, if they win, you probably win it all, even if your bracket yeah. wasn't that great. Yeah. Then my number seven is making your team name. <laughs> this is my number seven as well. A, you know, Braze Bits, this is where we shine. I really wanted my, this bracket that I've, I'm talking about, they give out random prizes, like uh, the person who gets exactly in the middle. It's called like the pinnacle of mediocrity. That's amazing. Like they get a, you know, um, like the winner of the first round, etc. I've wanted them to, you get your money back if, for the person who has the best name because I feel like I would do okay. It's a lot of power though for the plum and your brother then. I know he's the, he, a lot the, of power. The, the plum said that they needed, they would need a third party to, to do it. Or they somehow pull the entire pool to like vote on the names, but that'd be a lot of yeah, lot could, work. Yeah, that'd be tough. So this year, my name is Luke Bia Haran Godi tonight. I love that. Love Luke Heron Gody. Love using a name that like, everyone who follows college basketball a little bit remembers. Throwing in a, a, a pun on there, you, you just love it. Yeah. You can't beat it. Last year, my or two years ago, I guess, my name was the Grapes of Coppenrath after Taylor Coppenrath, who was like Vermont. This, I guess this was like 15 years ago. They upset Syracuse. It was a big upset. Oh, and I remember that. Taylor I don't, I don't remember was, him. He was their best player. That's amazing. Yeah, so I like doing stuff like that. Deep cuts. That's strong. That's real strong. Yeah, my, my number seven is also making your bracket name. I like I don't remember any of my bracket names. I haven't come up with a bracket name yet this year, but that's probably the most important 
process of making filling out your bracket is the team name, yeah. your spirit, the energy behind your whole the vibes. The way you, the vibes when you're on the rankings, when you're looking at the, the main homepage of your pool, you're looking at the names, you want a name that's going to make you smile. It's going to make you provoke some kind of emotion out of you. It's, it's very important. I think my favorite name of all time was the plum one year had, I'm going to beat you after the team's to beat. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Love that out of the plum. Yeah. Real strong. I usually go with that, like a controversial player uh, from like that season and, and mix, mix up and off that. Like Grayson Allen. Grayson, exactly. Al- Grayson Allen wrench. Exactly. Get real screwed by Grayson Allen yeah. wrench. Yeah, my, my number nine, top nine things about March Madness. My number nine is Selection Sunday. Just the, the them announcing the brackets. I didn't watch this past Selection Sunday, but I usually would watch it. I like watching it to see. They usually have like a live camera. At least they have the past few years, like a live camera on the teams that are like on the bubble of making it. And they get to see their live reactions of them making it and then like going crazy. Love seeing just them filling in the brackets, the team seeing like who they're going to play, who's got the easiest route to the to final four. I, just, I love the, I love the selection Sunday. It's, it's, it's exciting. I feel like it's kind of like everyone's kind of watching that. And then once it's official, people start looking at their brackets. That's amazing. I got to cut you off for a second. Could you hear like a, like a shuffling noise above me? Now they're not talking. Now I do. I, I didn't uh, before. You didn't before? The people, I think they're like, He's like an artist of some sort, like a he's doing who knows. Yeah, clogging. Just didn't want clomping issue. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty it's pretty fine, but every now and then, um, but I need to start throwing a basketball at your ceiling. No, they're not. We we met them. They're they're good people. I like them, and I think I like I think it's some sort of like not visual art, but you know, like a not a sculpture, like I don't know something, something Something, with their feet on the ground, something going on. Yeah, now Um, I hear it. Yeah, maybe I should. You think I should move? Maybe yeah. I'll move. Just not. Uh. You just moved into your apartment. Are you gonna move again? No, I meant move. For the, <laughs> no. The I did. I didn't notice it till till now. Now, yeah. just... now, now it's going nuts. I'll, I'll keep. We'll keep power through. If just just raise your hand, then I'll, I'll move. Selection I'll Sunday. Move. I love. You're talking about Selection Sunday. Yeah. It's a good. I don't know. I can't do this. <laughs> 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 I'm moving. I'm just gonna move okay. to the other side. I think it'll be fine. You can see my apartment if you're a brazier back. It's a Patreon subscriber. Get okay. a little sneak peek. Wow, nice shelving. Yeah. Did that come with the apartment or you bring it yourself? I bought this is a IKEA nice piece. Billy bookshelf. Billy bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice piece. Goes really well. Very nice. Thank you. Very, very nice. Uh yeah, selection Sunday. The number eight is filling out the bracket. You talked about it. Filling out the bracket. I Every year is, is kind of different, but I usually do a minimum of two brackets just so that I can like, I can do one. And then if I ha- second guess myself, I can do another one that has a different team winning and it has different upsets. And I'm not like locked into one pick. Um, and I usually usually do one bracket where I just fill it out and I don't like look at it again. I like just go based on pure gut, pure vibes, pure instinct, no research. And just like based off names, based off pick, always pick a couple upsets. I feel like I always pick like a 12 over a five, at least one 
12 seed over a five in a bracket, but I enjoy it. I love filling out the bracket. It's, it's a, I think it's probably the, the most exciting part. Cause then once the game started and started losing, it's like, Oh, my bracket's busted. But all the hope, all the wonder is, is still alive when you're filling out the bracket. This is true. I, I'm a purist. I only do one. I just, it's, it's so disappointing that when you get knocked out early. Yeah. But I, I think that's what it is. Those are your choices and you got to stick with them in life. That's fair. This is fair. My number seven is making your bracket name. Talked about it. It's the most important part of your bracket. You need to have a great name. Funny name stands out. If you're going to be, if, if you want to be a contender, chicken call Lance is moving again. This is, this is a lot. <laughs> this is exciting. Lance, Lance is, is, we're a mobile pot. The yeah. pot kitchen is mobile. Yeah. Um, yeah. Making your bracket name. I think we talked about it enough. Yeah. Number seven. All right. My number six is the basketball bump. So this is what I describe. It's kind of coincides with it being spring and it being nice, but I feel like you watch March Madness and all of a sudden you're inspired to play basketball, especially because the players are not professionals. So there's more of a, like, you know, maybe someone's like airball on a free throw or, or people are like throwing passes away. It's that, you know, they're not professionals. So it's almost like a more attainable version of basketball than the NBA. And you watch that and you're like, Oh, that's, I could do that in a way. Love so that. I feel like it kind of directly correlates to like, I'll watch March Madness and then I'll like want to play basketball in a park. Love that. Very true. hundred percent watching basketball. At least want to play basketball. And it's, it's crazy now also that we're both 30 years old and looking, watching these college kids and they're called their kids, these kids, they're teenagers, some of them. And we're, we're like 10 years older than a lot of these guys. And these guys are monsters incredible athletes but it is definitely it's a more realistic game compared to like the nba of us watching and being like it's it's, it's sloppier it's not as crisp sloppy joe sloppy joe namath i want to kiss you on the sidelines Susie colber kissing Susie colber good sports blog i remember um yeah absolutely watching basketball makes me want to play basketball big time my number five is Super Bowl light with the food, I'm calling it. I feel like March Madness, this doesn't really happen now, but in high school and in college, it would be an excuse to have people over, go to someone's house, order some wings, some dips, some chips, and have a big spread, some subs maybe. You're getting food, subs. Getting, getting subs and watching the game. It's, it's not the Super Bowl in terms of food and food preparation, but it might be a close second. Are we talking the national championship game or just like a, like, like the first weekend? Watching I'm talking maybe games? like, I feel like often like in high school, like the first Friday night, you'd yeah. go over someone's house or we had people over and we'd order pizza or wings yeah. or something like that. Right. And then in college, I feel like it was like a all day, all night. Yeah. Best. Right. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Just cause there, there's so many, so many games going on the first weekend there's not like usually one game everyone wants to watch. So it's hard to like gather people to, to watch one specific game. Yeah. But I could see that. And you also get introduced to random new channels and, and cable right. initiatives. True I remember TV. true TV and now true TV is huge, but initial or not huge, but it's, it's known in practical jokers is true TV. Yeah. Um, but initially it was just like the random channel where one of the March madness games was on. Right. Absolutely. 
That's where we introduce the true. True that. False. Number four is the rush of dopamine you get after, really this isn't the first or second round, after a team you pick to win wins, a lot of other people didn't pick that team and you kind of vault up in the standings and you look at that percentile of like the percentage and where you rank in the bracket and you're like 75%, 90%. It's just a great, great moment. Absolutely. The bracket refreshes and you look good in it. Absolutely. You seem like you're a genius. You knew something no one else knew. You're a bracketologist. You're a Fran, a Fran Franchilla. Yeah, that's his name. Fran Franchilla. Bingo. Yeah, that's the best feeling in the world. You pick an upset. Everyone's like, how'd you know that? It's like, I'm a, I'm a, I just knew. Yeah, a savant. That was your number four? Yep. Wow, the madness. This is this is absolute madness. My number six is rooting for a team and th- then looking at your rooting for a team for a whole game and then looking at your bracket and realizing you picked against them. <laughs> and either th- them winning or losing, but like just being watching a full game, being passionate, rooting for Gonzaga the whole time. And then you're like, oh yeah, let's, let's see how my bracket's doing now, and realizing that you picked against Gonzaga. And you realize that nothing means anything. The world is the world is a, a mean place. It happens to me at least once a tournament, and then it makes me realize like why like I, you can't keep track of all of your picks. Obviously, you can't keep track of everything. But you should you should know if you're watching a game who to root for. But for some reason, I always get caught rooting for the <laughs> wrong team. I love that. So back in my heyday, there's there'd be no chance that that would happen to me because I knew every one of my picks. Now, I feel like I don't even watch enough of them to know that it would. But I think that's happened to me within the past few years, like once or twice. Oh, yeah. It's got to happen. Yeah. If you're doing one bracket, that makes sense to, to know your, the general path of all your picks. But I'm, if I'm doing two or three brackets, and I, it depends on, the, on, on who, who I'm picking. But I'll usually spread them out. But I usually have like one bracket that I'm like focused on. This is my number one bracket. My number five is when your championship team that you pick gets knocked out early and you stop watching altogether. When you pick Duke and they get knocked out on the second day and you just don't have to, there's no more stress. There's no more, it's almost a relief of like, all right, well, I'm I'm just going to, if I watch the games, I'm just going to do it for enjoyment. My bracket's out of it. I'm busted. I'm, I'm, I'm bankrupt. I can now have some joy. Because once, if you have a good bracket, and you're you're watching all the way to the final four, and you're and you're playing for some money in a in a pool, you got a decent amount of people in there. It, it can become a little stressful. It's gambling. You you ruin hard for these teams, but if when you get an early knockout, it kind of lets you be like, all right, I tried, and now I can just enjoy myself for the love of the game. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna save that. I actually have that a bit later. Nice, nice. It's a very good one though. Appreciate it. And then my number four is when you pick an upset and it's correct. Picking a, a 12 against the five, picking the St. Bonaventure, picking UMass. UMass hasn't been in the March Madness since the 70s. But picking Marcus like, Bingo. The elevator man. I think that was the last time they were in there. Um, but yeah, I think, just like you said, picking an underdog, picking an upset that no one else had, seeing your, your bracket surge to the top of the rankings. Everyone thinks you're a genius. Everyone thinks you had inside information. You know more than everybody else. It's a great feeling. 
That is a great feeling. I almost came. What, what's the biggest upset you picked? Did you remember? I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was, it was, I picked a lot of 12s over fives, which happens a lot. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, I've done I've done a bunch of 12 over fives. One time I had a 12 in the Sweet 16, which was which was big. I'm going over here now. This is getting nuts. I don't think it's this getting is getting walnuts. Out. Yeah, maybe I'll go over here. Um, Your Wi-Fi is good all over the apartments. It's pretty it consistent. Good all over the apartment. Maybe I'll go in our room. Nice ceiling too. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to the bathroom. Yeah. Hold on. This is gonna be a good pod. Didn't you have um, similar doors to that in your last place? Yeah, we did. Did you even move? Are you in the same no, place? <laughs> I didn't move. Is that just a millionaire above you? I'm doing. I'm going to do it in here because I, I don't know what's happening over there. So I'm, no, the uh, the guy upstairs. He's doing some this sort is of perfect for our top nine. Yeah. This is absolute madness. <laughs> yeah. Say, say hi to Kate. From yeah, the say hi to Kate. <laughs> this is really good Patreon stuff. Sort of yeah, you'll see. It it sounds like it's gonna be some good art. All right. Now we're extra moved. This is like oh, it's a three bedroom apartment. You just walk like, like a mile. This is like a tiny. This is like a small office slash storage room for Big Apple Box. That's amazing. Yeah, this should be the good. pop studio. You should. I, is- I think so, but so the window, the streets right here. So. My thought was it might be noisier from the, like sometimes like if like a fire truck comes by or something it's like you really hear it, but I think this is there's a vacuum. Spot. Probably just do it here. Maybe we just move it here. Nice room. You can't hear anything now, right? No, great acoustics. Yeah, maybe I should. Maybe we should start the pot over. Start it over. You got any highlights? Oh, we got to get a banter. <laughs> got to talk about daylight savings time. Right. Uh, where where were we? Do you, do you remember your biggest upset that you picked? Wow, the Big Apple box, the BAP. This is the this is a prime video pod. <laughs> My upsets, yeah. So one year I picked Winthrop, who's a 15 seed, right. over Tennessee, who was a two seed, and Winthrop was winning with two seconds left in the game. And Chris Lofton, do you remember him? Not really. He was on Tennessee. He was a shooter. I think he was in the NBA for a few years, but didn't, I guess, you know, and I'll send this link to you. It is the most ridiculous three pointer that he just chucks up like falling out of bounds and it goes in with like 0.4 seconds left and they won. But I would have, I, I would have picked a 15 seat over a two seat, which would have been, that's insane. Would have made my life. And then, as you said, once I moved on, I would have realized it didn't matter. Right. <laughs> yeah. That is the best feeling P- picking an upset. When no, that nobody has you can't beat it yeah that's, that's my number four my number three is watching the kids play for the love of the game wow there it is that's emotional you gotta love it college basketball i've, I've gone back and forth like when i was little like sometimes i like the nba but like when the knicks were good i like the nba better and the knicks weren't any good anymore and i like really got into college basketball and college basketball to me to me nba players are so good that fundamentals of basketball don't always apply for instance one thing when you play basketball you're you're generally told to cut off people if they're like going down the baseline mm-hmm. but in in the nba if i just feel like 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 fundamental passing like certain certain things like don't totally apply in 
in the NBA just because the level of skill is so high. It's true. Yeah. That's a good, certain, that's a good like point. certain pressing, like if you trap, right? Like yeah. you're never going to see people really press or trap in the NBA because there's too much skill. Yeah, too much skill. Yeah. One guy could break the break the press. Cutting up the baseline is doing anything because they'll just spin out of it. Exactly. Yeah. They have so much skill they can. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, College is all fundamentals. It's more it's more so fundamentals, and I feel like coaching matters more than it does in the NBA, in a sense. Maybe, maybe not, but I one of the, I mean one thing that's that's criminal really is that players aren't getting paid. But one side effect of that is there is players are really just playing for the joy of. I mean, more than that, obviously, a lot of people are trying to play in the pros and etc. But it, it's really for the love and joy of the game, and it, it's it's great to see that passion. Absolutely, I have, I have something along similar lines of that. Um, but yeah, probably 90% of all the players playing in the tournament playing college basketball are playing for the love of the game. There's a bunch of players that are probably getting paid under the table that are hoping to go to the NBA or play overseas, but there's maybe one or two of those on each, each team. The rest of the team is just doing it because they love college. They love basketball. Yeah. Most of us are going pro in something other than sports. What's that from? like a NCAA commercial from like 20 years <laughs> <Yeah>. ago. <laughs> Student athletes. Yeah, yeah. Most of us are going <laughs> right. Absolutely. But I think I think eventually, I think within the next 5 years, I think college athletes will be getting paid. I think so. To me, it is something like division division 1 like these major division 1, especially football, football and basketball, but really I think football football and basketball it's, I think it's criminal for like these like large schools that are making millions and millions. No. I mean, if you're, if you're paying a coach $4 million a year and you're not paying players, what does that say? It says so, something bad. And that's why I asked you. <laughs> that's, something you bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I asked if you chose Georgetown at all about basketball. Cause I know a lot of friends that chose their schools based on like a, having a big college football team or having a great college basketball yeah. team. No, I chose it because I got in, which I wasn't expecting. And also because my parents were like, you're go there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough where, you know, they, they were forking over a bunch of money for it. So I was like, well, yeah, obviously I'm, this is what I'm going to do. Right. But there's, there's so many schools like that are, I just, so many colleges that I just know because I know their name because of their basketball team. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, 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 yeah, there's so many things like that. The, the well, players should. I remember, I mean, I remember when I went on the tour there, my, my brother applied and he didn't, I don't think he got in. I think I got in, but he didn't. Wow. But like I remember going on the tour and they like, didn't meant like, they didn't mention the basketball team. Like I remember, cause that was the only thing I knew about it. I didn't know anything else. But there, but I remember the tour guide was like, like talk, she like talked about the sailing team and then the tennis team and then like the rugby team. Yeah, because the basketball team speaks like, for itself. I was like, you're missing, you're missing one. Missing the big one. Wayne right. Gretzky. No, Wayne Gretzky's the great one. The big whale. Moby Dick. Dick Vitale. Yeah. I, I hear Dick. <laughs> I hear Dick Vitale. What an episode. Unbelievable. I mean, the, this new room that you're in, who knew you had this other room? You walked through like five other rooms and you got it. this like, it's like a studio. It's like made for recording. 
we actually also, I guess this is really the first week we could use it because they, it, there's a desk that I have the computer on and it's a 28 inch desk, which is really small because it's a tight space and it could only fit a really small desk. And they didn't have any of these desks. I mean, they had some of them, but they were like several hundred dollars and Ikea only had one and it was out of stock for several weeks and one in the stock last week, one day. And I was like, I'm going to run over to Ikea because we're actually pretty close to Ikea. I'm like, I'm going to run over and get it before it gets sold out again. And they got the second to last one. Wow. Huge. Huge. Humongous. Is this a good pod? We'll see. I'm not sure. I really, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're doing it. I'm like, this might be their worst, but I'm having the fun. So this is, this is madness. We're talking yeah. March madness. <laughs> it is madness. It could be maddening for the Razorbacks, but we're having fun. Yeah. They might do this. A, this art, they might do a sculpture piece. <laughs> Use your feet. My number two is the anticipation of the first day of March Madness. First two days, I guess. I think it's different this year. I think like the because of quarantine. I was looking at schedules. Like, I think like some of the first round games are on Saturday. I have no idea. I haven't. I haven't really looked at anything. Yeah, but usually Thursday, Friday is all the first round games and there's like 16 games a day, nonstop action. And just the hope and anticipation of like, Oh, is this year the year that I'm finally going to do well on my bracket? Just the anticipation is usually better than the end product and nothing is more true with the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. That's my number two. My number two is the, the first day excitement, just the excitement knowing you got a full day of games. I think there's, looking there's like 48 games in four days in the first four days just non-stop hoops non-stop action i don't know the schedule this year but usually there you can you can st- somehow stream all the games you can find them all online if you don't have cable you can flip back and forth like what you just said your your bracket is not busted yet you have all the all the hope solos for for winning the bracket the excitement the hope the future One th- one thing going to what you're talking about, you could stream all the games. This definitely needs to be mentioned. ESPN, I think, or whoever usually like gives you the stream has the office mode. That's great. Where it's, it's so smart. you're watching the game and you just click this button and it's just a random graph. Excel sheet. <laughs> Amazing. Genius. Absolute yeah. genius. I'm pretty sure I used that in uh, college. If I had like I had my laptop at a class, streaming I, I, some of the games. I definitely use that. I think even in high school, because we had we had laptops in high school. Wow, we we were able to uh, we did that as well. That's serious black. That's Absolutely, Harry Potter. Yeah, you got it. I got it. You got it. Oh, I get it. And my number one is similar to your number five. It is the moment you're out and you can move on with your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Absolutely. The amount of time <laughs> and energy I've spent on caring about March Madness over the years is criminal, but the past few years I've stopped because I don't really care. But if I start doing well, then I think, oh, well, I could win some money. And then I start really caring two, I think two, it was maybe three years ago. I entered the second weekend having a decent chance. And usually I'm totally out by the first weekend. And it was kind of, as you said, it's kind of nerve wracking. It's kind of annoying. I remember my brother, my brother was really, and he was probably more into it than I was. And I remember 
one year, he must've been in like ninth or 10th grade. And I was a few years younger. He was out by the end of the first weekend. And he was like, he started like asking my mom about like, like, like if we were going to take a trip like soon or <laughs> like he and my, my mom was like oh this is done so now like you need you need to move you need something else to look forward to right and that's funny yeah i can't imagine like i think the people that run these pools are saints because the the we haven't even talked about like the whole like co- collecting the money figuring out who's in the pool based on their name who's friend of a friend who's a family member but then which i like you're, you're running this whole pool, you're organizing it. If you get knocked out early, it, but then you still have to like do all like the administrative work of like paying people out afterwards. What? It must be so frustrating. Like people who run it, God bless them. I guess so, but they choose to. No, but it's, it's like comedy. Uh, nobody's forcing you to do it. No, but I guess it's just for the love of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those things, I think with my brother in the plum, it was like a cool thing. One, because once if it's small, then it's easy. It's like ten of your friends, and that's how these things start out, and then they grow and grow, and then it's like a point of pride. Weirdly, right? Some people, some people like it, but then you don't have the ability. Like we, like you're number one. Of once you're knocked out of being able to put it behind you. If you're if you get knocked out early, but you're still like the the commissioner of the pool, you got to be somewhat engaged and keeping track of where people are at. I think a little bit, but it's not that much. I mean, it's just paying people and maybe sending an email at the end. Yeah. That's it. I think this year might be crazy though. If like, we'll see if like a team gets COVID, you get to repick COVID-19. Bingo. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. My number three about March Madness favorite thing is, I'm not sure if they're going to be there this year, but I always love watching when they pan to show the bands that are in attendance and the old seniors, the old people that like are like diehard fans of whatever team it is. And they don't have any like kids are on the team, but they, they just follow the team around. They're almost like the mascot of the team. I forget. I don't remember what sister Jean. Si- yeah. Sister Jean became like a cult hero. I love like all the players would like go up to her before the game, like kiss her on the cheek and slap her in the ass. And like, and just like, <laughs> love you, sister Jean. She's the lucky charm. She's been at the school for 90 years. Uh, I, I, I love seeing the bands. I love seeing them like just the passion they have playing the music. They feel like they're like a part of the team when they're losing. It's like, they're also not going to be able to play any more music uh, at the games if their team gets knocked out. So they're like really invested in it. They're traveling around the country. I, I love seeing like the the extracurricular people that are outside the team that are still feel like they're attached to the spirit of March Madness. It doesn't do it for me. Oh my. Sister Jean doesn't move your needle? No, I don't know. It just seemed like it was like, uh, it, it's fine. Like it's nice, but that's it. <laughs> I love it. I, I think it's a part of the culture. It's part of, what makes college sports important yeah that whole part of it i don't like i don't know it just like i don't school come again on. It's, it's again it's a whole industry built around people not getting any money right but the bands the, the cheerleaders they feel like it's an experience it's part of their college experience they're they're, they're a part of it yeah but I, I, and then it gets into the point i just 
I don't know. I think like with these fans and it is, it is an experience. I think that these experiences have replaced other, like, is this the best way to spend 18 to 22? Maybe, maybe not. Right. Yeah. This it's, is it interesting. I had an opportunity cause I was a, a ball boy in high school. You're a ball boy. I was, I was a ball boy. Have I talked about that in the pod? I was considering becoming like a manager of like a basketball team, but, and I, I think I probably could have done it, but I realized like, you don't really, you're, I think I'm not even sure if you get paid to be the manager, but you have to be, go, you don't get to go home during like winter uh, vacation. You're there. It's, it's like, it's a full-time job. I knew the manager of Georgetown's team. Like when I was there, cause I, I played a ton of pickup basketball like when I was at college, I was definitely like the prime of my basketball career and he would play sometimes and he fun. was, he was really good. Like he clearly could have played in maybe even division two. He mm-hmm. wasn't good enough to play on the team, but he, he was really good. Yeah. I know, I know one friend that was a, started out as a manager and now is like an assistant coach at a team, but I, I, I one of my high school friends, do you know who uh, Raleigh Massimino is? I don't think so. He was Villanova's coach the year they won the national championship in 1985. I think they beat Georgetown actually. It was like they were like they were like the lowest seed to ever win. I think they were like a nine seed or something. And he was the coach. Hmm. And then he became this like he was like a pretty well known college coach. I think he died like recently. But his grandson, one time it was like right after I graduated college, and I was with some home friends and a girl that was like in my high school friend group brought her boyfriend who was, his last name was Massimino. She actually went to Villanova, this girl. And her boyfriend was, I think Raleigh Massimino's grandson. Mm. And he also wanted to be a college coach. And I'm pretty sure I've lost touch with her, but I'm pretty sure they got married. And this guy, Massimino's grandson's like trying to be a college coach. And I never met someone. I was like, he like that's what clearly what he was doing after college. He was like right. trying to be a college coach, and I was yeah. like, that's that's fascinating. Absolutely, it's a wild job. But I think if you get like attached to if like the, if a head coach likes you, then you like and if they travel around the different teams, they bring you. They can like they bring their own staff with them. So if if you build a relationship, you can you can build you can jump the ranks. Staff infection. Bingo. Love that. Love a good rash. Then my number one, I love a good buzzer beater. I feel like March Madness, the best part of the games, the buzzer beaters, the close games, going to the last second, chucking it up at half court. Somehow there's always, I feel like on the first day, a bunch of great buzzer beaters. I love the best announcers, Gus Johnson. Yeah, he's the best. Amazing reactions, the most enthusiastic, most like, down to earth, like not stuck up announcer. Love his reactions and a buzzer beater's going crazy. I feel like I always go through, I, I, I YouTube him like before the first day of like watching his best calls, gets you pumped up for the first day. Yeah, just buzzer beaters. When I think March Madness, I think half court buzzer beaters, Christian Leitner, full yeah. court pass. Gus Johnson goes nuts. Love Gus. I feel like your reactions to Phil Jackson's top nines are sometimes like, they're shades of Gus Johnson. You're like inspired by Gus. Absolutely. He's in my blood. Thousand yeah. percent. He Him called Mike Breen. 
the best game he called, I think it was a sweet 16. It was um, UCLA and Gonzaga and UCLA. I think Jordan Farmer was on that team and he came back against Adam Morrison and Gonzaga. Right. And they had like a huge comeback and they won. And he was just like screaming for the last 10 minutes of the game. And then the the famous shot of like Adam Morrison crying. Absolutely. Legendary. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely legendary. And I remember my brother and I had this thing of when Gus Johnson was calling a game, it was going to be an upset. And Hmm. I don't know if this was true, but it always seemed like the games he called were upsets. Interesting. Never noticed that. I feel like he would always call great games. Like the games ended up always being great. He was the announcer for the Big East, uh, for the Georgetown Creighton Big East final. But it was nice. a blowout. But I was like, ooh, Gus Johnson. Still interesting. No matter he what, tried, Gus makes it good. He um, he was announcing football. Or is he still doing it? Or he was? I think he was for a little while. It didn't, it didn't, I didn't love it. Yeah. I remember. Well, once it becomes so popular, they want you to do everything. I know. It's like, it's like one of those things where it's like you're, you're typecast almost. Yeah. And you can't recreate the madness. You can't recreate the buzzer beater screams, the great calls. No. No. Solid top nine. Solid I'm excited for, nine. for March Madness. I feel probably less excited than most years for some reason. but Because we're adults maybe. and it's like, this is silly. <laughs> <laughs> A couple silly gooses. But we got our predictors. We got Phil Jackson and Kate coming in. We so, do. Hot predictions. I got to go and get my phone. When I moved, I realized I forgot to bring my phone, and that's where Phil Jackson oh, is. Now we're going to be oh. waiting an hour. <laughs> yeah. Your phone's going to be under a couch. All right. Phil Jackson comes in hot, as always. He's a good writer. Reminds me of a certain writer. Phil P. Roth? I can guarantee Sir Sweetfeet has been swishing and dishing in preparation of the madness to come back. Your guarantee is right, Phil. The sheer vibes and energy of this great college tournament should be enough to rescue us all from the doldrums of winter. So what it's all about, Phil. Vibes and energy. While I know my bracket will be busted before most listeners finish this week's episode, it's pretty sweet knowing two of the most prolific universities haven't even made the tourney this year. Wow, a little insight, Phil. He's doing his research, baby. The upsets happened before tip-off. And I love a good spoiler. <laughs> Spoil Wait, me. Upsets happened before tip-off? That's what he said. Bill, you're busted, bro. No, Phil. Phil, you're busted. Spoil me, sweet feet. Spoil me, Ron. <laughs> I'll spoil you good, Phil. Open up, buttercup. Without further ado, my man Jay Iggs is jazzed about these aspects of nonstop basketball. Utah Jazz, baby. The first feeling, the feeling, sorry, the feeling first weekend, I mean, the feeling the first weekend when the action is truly nonstop. Bingo. Number two. Right in the head there. Right in the head. Cinderella teams and picking them. Huge. Got it. The people who definitely haven't seen a second of b-ball getting passionate about it for a few weeks. I like that. I like seeing that. I like the people that they'll dive head in. Full head in first and be like they, they know everything, but they don't, they don't know anything. I like that. Watching future NBA stars shine, parentheses, Steph and Kemba. I thought I forgot about that. I forgot about because I, I followed Steph Curry during the season at Davidson, but like you really fall in love with players that like shine during the tournament. 
And I like being able to like see them like, Oh, I, I watched them in college, but then seeing them in the NBA. It's a great point. Seeing their journey. You're a basketball hipster. Yeah, I really am. You're like, I like Seth Curry before he was cool. Before everybody I knew, knew about him. I knew him way before everybody. I watched his YouTube videos when he was singing on campus at Davidson. You ever see those videos? No. Remember there's a huge like fad of like people singing like uh, popular songs, making music videos on YouTube. No, that's a bad description, but he did that. Good talk. Bonus betting big. He said betting big. Yeah. All right. All right. Betting big. Praise on um, Phil Jackson. Praise on Phil. Great predictions. Betting big. I bet big on Phil all day long. Kate comes in with some classic LPPs here. When the underdog wins. Okay. I don't think I had it. Watching your school slash school you have a connection to. I could care less. Oh, my goodness. She's getting slaughtered. <laughs> Making a bracket. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Come back. Got having a Having a pool of friends from childhood slash random office friends or any random group. Oh, man. Kate, do not subscribe to the Patreon. You do not want to see Lance's face. I, I banned her from the Patreon because we <laughs> lose money as a family. I think that's a great prediction. Having a pool with friends, people that you don't see that often, people that I don't talk to that. once a year. The pool I'm in is so many people that I don't I actually send an email. I think you were on it. I sent you, an email yeah. and I don't think anyone joined. So it's actually <laughs> yeah, a, so sense of great, a sense of great shame because people don't <laughs> want to associate with me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to sign up today or tomorrow. It's, 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 sure. it's still early. Sure. Um, and then she ends it by saying, hoop on. <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation mark. Impressive. Hoop on, Kate. Great prediction. Hoop on. <laughs> she disappeared. I think she must have went for a run. So I went out back over there to get my phone and she was nowhere to be found. She's gone forever. Gone, yeah. gone, girl. Yeah. Great predictions. Thank you for sending in the predictions. Thank you for supporting the pod. Support. You can support us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars, leave us a review. And if you love, if you want some bonus content, subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, subscribe to the Patreon. I wouldn't say if you do leave a review, don't base it on <laughs> this episode. Jesse also just did an interesting thing where he looked away from the screen to cough as if if he coughed directly at the screen, I would get some of the cough, which I respect. It was more to cough off mic. I didn't want the cough to be <coughs> on the microphone. Tom like Coughlin. Was. Red face. How, how have we never had a Tom Coughlin? Is that the first Tom Coughlin reference we've had? The thing is, if you're late for a Tom Coughlin reference, you're on time. Exactly. And if you're on time, we had a, yeah. Tom Jeremy Coughlin. Tom Coughlin. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. But yeah, subscribe to the Patreon. We got great off-menu episodes. We got a bonus episode a month. This is a good podcast. High quality gold. Because right now we've had a lot of issues, and this is a weird episode, and I think a lot of ways, but it's still better than most podcasts. So thousand percent. That's how you 100%. know you're good when your weak stuff is when the weak item on your menu is better than a lot of restaurants' best item. We're still serving it up. We're not afraid to give it to our customers. We know it's still edible. We know it's going to go down smooth. I think it's still going to be better than we think. We have credit. We have notes for ourselves, but 
Right. That's 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 in house. That is in house. We we after each episode we just ream each other out. Jeremy Van Reams Dick. Is that his name? <laughs> Reams Dick. Reams Dick. We we Jeremy, ream each other out. There's a Travis Van Reams Dick. So I don't know. He's a hockey. He's a hockey. We guy. scream at each other. You missed that reference, Lance. <laughs> I wasn't on the Tom Coughlin yet. We really, it's, it's how we, it's how we stay healthy. It's how we haven't had a braised battle on air. We, we just, we let it rip. Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah. Actually, when we take off these chef's hats, it's just our heads exploding. <laughs> just a couple of chefs on fire. Yeah. Kings of Leon. Bingo. This chef is on fire. Well, I guess it's overall been a questionable episode. Might as well get into a questionable at best QAB segment. Sir Let's Retief Goosen. You want to lead it off? You want me to? I'll lead off. I got a classic QAB. I was extremely flustered by it. I feel like I, I have a lot of QABs at this this place. Well, this is, I don't think I've talked about it. There, have you ever been to a Create, a, a restaurant? It's, it's like a, it's a healthy food. Bertucci's? Not Bertucci's. It's called Create. They have a salad bar. They have a wrap place, a smoothie place. And it's right See, around the corner from my apartment. Like create, like the word? Yeah. Create? No, I've never even heard of it. It might, it might just be an Astoria thing. There's the two of them. Create salad? Yeah. And you know, just maybe a Google search term that people do. <laughs> oh, no, create is two in Astoria, it looks like. Yeah. Excellent and salad. Excellent salad. A, but's pricey, but's good. Is good. Yeah. In theory, this place should be great. It should be my go-to. I should be going there. It is pricey, but I should be going there because it's it's a healthy food alter- alternative to any other, all the Greek places that have not as healthy options. But this place, I hate to be a snob, but they just, the, the service, the customer service is, it's subpar. And I, it came to a head this past week. I went in to get a salad. You go in and it's like any other salad place where you ask to ask for your base and then you, they stand over all the options and you point to i'll have the i'll have some cucumbers i'll have some uh onions so i'm i'm letting my guy know what what i want i can tell already he's just he's moving too fast he's a step ahead of me i say onions he's like already somehow got the onions in there he's he's like he's got the tongs in everything like waiting for me to like say what i want um and so I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm taking my time, I'm trying to get flustered. I go, I'll take uh, red peppers. He grabs red peppers and then I'm still looking and he grabs the tomatoes right next to the red peppers and throws them in the salad. And, and, and he realizes he did a mistake. He's like, oh, I was going too quick. So I, I don't know if I, we, we talk about it. I, I, I can't have these tomatoes. But this guy He's he's like we're, he, he's hardballing me because like I expected him to be like oh my mistake I'll I'll start again like but I'm, I've got half my salad made I feel bad I don't want to waste this but he doesn't offer to rest he doesn't he doesn't say do you want me to to restart because there's so many tomatoes these are like chopped up tomatoes he can't go in there and take them out one by one but he left me in the most awkward position and I I just. I've never been more flustered. I just, I finished up my salad. I got, I bought the salad and then I didn't eat it because it had tomatoes in it. I tried, I picked around it, but I like, I had like 
20% of it. It was the most absurd. He threw in something that I didn't ask for and then didn't offer to change it. And, and made me feel like, oh, you, I, I, you can't throw this out. It's just, if, if it was just disheartening. It was devastating. One of the worst things to ever happen to me. <laughs> yeah. Something that, that I don't tell my kids about. That is, I think, customer service and that type of thing is getting worse and worse. And part of it is because I think what I was talking about with the QAB that I was talking about from Lowe's a few weeks ago, Yeah, there's no incentive for the the guy to care. Right. It's like no matter what he does, like he could probably get yelled at for wasting the salad. And right. there's no like direct person being like, well, this is how you have to, if you mess up, you, you, you this is how you treat the customer. There's no sort of sense of, commitment to the greater cause. And I think that's because a lot of these places don't give employees like a good enough end of the bargain. And I don't know if this is true about this place. I have no idea. Like they could, it could, they could potentially treat people very well. And this is just not a great employee, but. I've overall it, not had great experiences. Whenever I walk in and you're like standing to wait to be ordered, I feel like everyone's turning their back to you. Like no one wants to serve you. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone's trying Getting to worse, ignore you. worse and worse and worse. This actually, so I Googled this place while you were talking and I'm looking at reviews from seamless and most of them are good, but it, it is really a joy to read some of these bad <laughs> reviews. This is from Monica last time, two stars. Last time I ordered from create, they left the avocado out of my salad. I called them and they said they'd take it off my bill. Next time I ordered that never happened. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And avocado is expensive. Probably, probably a five dollar avocado. But I love the idea of calling them and then them saying <laughs> that it'd be taken off the bill the next time. And then who would deliver that information? Like how right. would that information ever be shared? Right. Oh, and Monica comes in. Make sure remember Monica. Remember everyone Monica. has to remember Monica. <laughs> Announcement to everyone. Remember when Monica comes in, she's got to get free avocado next time. Just everything about that is is incredible. It's crazy. If it's 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 first world problems. I understand there's bigger things. It is, but it's it's a larger principle of the matter, and I agree with you. You can't you can't be a food business and not care about the customer. It's like rule number one, right? And I just I'm not I I didn't have the balls to be like I can you can you restart? Can you can you give me a new salad now? Because it. it, it I wish I did looking back because on it because the way the way and I don't know if this is true of this place this might this might be unfair but I feel like the way these mistakes are structured now is that it's on the individual he gets penalized he yeah. gets penalized and there's no incentive for him to go above and beyond it's he's the, he's the one who's penalized and not the larger right the larger institution isn't going to say we stick by our people we know if we stick by them then they'll elevate our brand and people will have connections part of it also just might be cities like versus towns because i feel like you can't get away with that at a right. town because it just word spreads a little too much you know it's like the person who works there is terrible and then no one goes there you know what might have worked and i might do that moving forward i just i just came up with a great idea i might i feel like if i wore my chef's whites if i wore my <laughs> chef's hat you, and you walk into that kind of place, you have you de, you demand respect. Yeah, no, for I sure. I feel like oh, this, this guy, this guy's a chef. What he says goes. If I make a screw up, I'll fix it. 
Absolutely. My QAB is not too dissimilar. It's more on me. It's not really on anyone in particular. Bon but you. It's Bon You Blazer. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh. Bon Yu-Gi-Oh Blazer. You go. QAB. You go Lois. He's the goalie of Tottenham. Nice. You go, but you go in French. Hugo. You don't pronounce the H. Hugo. Hugo, really. Hugo Boss. Hugo, that movie. Hugo. I watched that movie. That's a movie I've seen. I had not seen that movie. It was good. Anyway, my QAB is people misunderstanding you and you misunderstanding people when you're wearing a mask. Sure. I went to the bakery today to get a loaf of bread and I said, could I have a seedless loaf of Italian bread? And she gives me two loaves of Italian bread. And as you said, I'm not going to be like, actually I only wanted one. Right. I could have, but it just felt like it was like not enough of a price difference, but but I I don't want to make this, this antagonistic. So I just get it. And another time there's also with bread. I go in and I say, see, I want seedless. And they gave me bread with seeds. I went with the bakery one time and I said, I wanted, I forget like cannolis and chocolate cannolis, but they gave me the other cannolis. And I think some of this is, I think most of this is, is the mask where people just hear what they assume they want to hear and they give you the thing. And then it becomes on you to be like, actually, I didn't want that. But oftentimes it isn't a big enough deal to make a whole thing about it. Sure. I did this with Turkey. This happened a few weeks ago. I wanted to get, uh, I forget, I wanted to get a pound and a half. And then they gave me like less because they, and they never give you less. You know, that's a mistake. Right. I think they gave me a pound and I wanted a pound and a half. And it's all wrapped. So I was like, I'm not going to be like, actually. Right. You have to be actually, then you become the bad guy. Right. You don't want to be the Billy Eilish bad guy, but it, it, it goes both ways. Because I feel like when you're working in those environments, especially with masks, you don't want to be asking what and questioning people all day long and being and like double checking. Like, so you said this, you can, you gotta end up just like kind of going with what you think, but I know, I think it's that's probably what happened with me at create. I think I was obviously wearing a mask and there was some kind of miscommunication. The guy threw tomatoes in there. It's, it's, it's a whole, it's Jim Carrey. It's the mask. It comes down to the mask. It's all Fauci's fault. Yeah, it is all Fauci's fault. Because <laughs> it, it's also when you talk, like people are, are underestimating how important lip reading is. True. Absolutely. Like, like if, you, if you have lip reading, you look at someone and you say, I'll have a loaf of bread. No chance that someone can interpret that as two loaves of bread. Right. And you can see tone. You can see facial expressions. You can see oh, that, that guy's mouth could only fit one loaf in there. Yeah. Who's getting two loaves? It's a lot of bread. So, and so you went home with both, with two, yeah. two. Did you freeze one? No, I ate what most of the do? first one already. Oh wow, that's a loaf. It was this morning. That's what's why you're loafing around now. You got a belly full of, of loaf. <laughs> yeah, sugar loaf mountain in Maine. Nice loaf. Yeah. Solid QABs. We're on the same page. Solid episode overall, Lance. Should we do our highlights? That was. Fun. <laughs> This is two out of three episodes where I, mean, I might say I'm in a bit of a brace bit slump. This this episode I think was more the circumstances, but I didn't totally rise above it. 
I think you're you're in between seasons. I think this daylight savings is in your it head. Is, yeah. The move, you're in a new environment. You got a lot. You got a new neighbor above you. You got a lot of you got a moving parts. But we're we're battling. We're fighters. We're brazen. We're Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg. Is Mark there in the fighter? Yeah. We're gonna keep scrapping. Thank you guys for listening. If you, if you got any feedback, if you got any questions, if you want, if you have any analysis or insight to maybe what's going on with Lance, with me, Romaine, let us know. <laughs> we gotta bring it to close it. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta bring it. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even do the close. Yeah. Bring... <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Lance is in a preemptive piece. Yeah. Lance wants to get out of here. Lance, yeah. now you're the, you're the one who wants to get out of here. No, I was just getting started. You're making it up. All right, let's bring in the closer. A one. A two. Yeah. That was the first time ever. No, we skipped the closing theme song. But three, four. A one, two, three, four. Bits. Bits. Poop it up. Poop it up. Bits. All right. All right. Great. Great episode, Lance. What an episode. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Peace.